0: And amen. Well, those of you who are here, you can be seated. Uh, I know we have said we're doing an online-only service today, and, and we are. There were a few folks who, who came out, and we are thankful for that and uh, make them feel welcome and appreciative today. Uh, church, uh, it's good to see you. I hope you're uh, having a good morning, staying warm, thankful for heat, thankful for lodging today, uh, thankful for people who, um, who are able to get out and, and be with us here today and do, and do this service. Listen, I want to draw your attention to a couple things this morning. Now, I, I am going to abbreviate my message for today because um, um, the time that we're in, we woke up to this weather. It wasn't even supposed to be out here today like this. Uh, we thought, well, we've got all the way until like 6 o'clock tonight. And so it kind of snuck up on us. And so I'm going to get the folks who are here serving back home uh, as quickly as we can today. But um, we are starting a new series today called Matters of the Heart. It is Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day. If you forgot, uh, it's too late to go out and do anything right now and get something maybe, but uh, just pretend you you got it all planned out anyway. So uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And uh, But we are starting a series called Matters of the Heart, and what we're doing is we're gonna travel through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount uh, is what we're going to be traveling through over the next six weeks uh, as the game plan. Uh, Theologian Matthew Henry said this about the Sermon on the Mount. He said, It's the longest and fullest continuing discourse of our Savior upon record in all of the Gospels. Matthew has it all in one. You'll see it. Some of these teachings are sprinkled throughout the other Gospels. Uh, Another theologian say uh, that, the Sermon on the Mount, although it's all recorded fully in Matthew's gospel, that that was kind of the, the normal type of teaching that Jesus would travel around talking about and teaching about. And so we're going we're gonna to take a little time. That's why we're taking a few weeks to do this and uh, to go through this um, particular text uh, in, in the gospel of Matthew. Um, but to kind of get this set up, uh, for for the rest of this series I, I want to first say uh, a few things. Um... That 2021 has has provided some significant year dates. Uh, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't like just run around looking at numbers and trying to interpret them, and you know, cling to my life to that, like that's the future. But numbers in Hebrew language, they do have some significant meaning, and there are some that stick out more than others. And there are a few significant year dates that have uh, the Lord kind of. Shined his light on with me recently that stick out that have an impact not only in my life but have an impact here for us as New Life Church and what he has called us to. I'm just going to go through a few of these to set this uh, sermon series up today. Um, this is this year is 30 years for me to walk in the in the new life in Christ to be saved to be born again to walk in a relationship with Jesus. 30 years and. The word, the number thirty, has has, an, has a significant meaning. It means a, a dedication to a particular calling and able to handle major responsibility. Now I say that that's the meaning of it, and but more days than not, I don't feel like I have it all together. All right, I, I certainly don't feel like that speaks to me. Um, but I'm thankful God has a different view about us. That that He Um, He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, and He works on us. We're a work in progress, and I'm thankful for that, that He obviously can see some things in us that we don't see. And obviously, He can see it all, and He's so gracious and merciful as to how He reveals the bad and how He is so wonderful and how He pulls out the good. And in our life. And in fact, in the Old Testament, the priests were not actually dedicated to serve until they were 30. Um, jo- uh, Joseph in the Old Testament was about 30 when he was put in second in charge of Pharaoh's palace and his kingdom. John the Baptist and Jesus were 30 when they began their personal ministry. So 30 has a pretty significant impact. Uh, now, 30 years ago, I walked the altar, accepted Christ, and I was not thinking about 30 years later that I would be standing and in, in, in preaching and leading a church or any of that. That was like the farthest thing from my mind. I was just so thankful that, man, I, I, God loves me and Jesus loves me and he gave his life for me and he thinks a lot of me and, um, and I'm still so humbled by that today uh, because uh, I'm my worst critic. Twenty-three years this year, actually this last Monday was year, my 23rd year to begin full-time ministry. Um, it, I wish I could tell you it's been nothing but wonderful and amazing and, you know, all this stuff. The good has outweighed the negative, I will say that. There's certainly great reward in trying to, to serve other people. Uh, although there are days where I don't feel like I made much of a difference in 23 years. Uh, but um, needless to say, the Lord still has me standing here doing this thing 23 years later. It, the word, the number 23 has a significant meaning. It means God is with you. God is with you. In fact, there's some study that say the 1,000th the verse in the Bible has special meaning. Every 1,000th verse. The 23,000th verse in the Bible is Zechariah 8.23. Here's what it says. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Now, that, that's a, I think that's an important scripture in and of itself, but it has a lot of meaning for a, pra, a pastor to have God say that man and others acknowledge, man, God is with you. I want to go with you. I want to serve with you. I want to follow and go where you're going. I want to go where, you're t- where God's taking this church and what he's doing in our church. And, and I pray that that certainly would be the acknowledgement that God is with us. This is our 12th year uh, to, to lead the church as senior pastors. We've stepped into our 12th year. And so number 12 has significant meaning. It means God is establishing His perfect power and authority, His establishment. He's established a thing uh, in our church. 12 years to do this now. And for our church, this is our 7th year since we sold and moved from our our previous location and made those changes. The number seven has significant meaning. It means completeness. So you kind of put all of that together, that God is saying, look, I'm, I'm trusting you to do some major things. I'm with you. I've established you. And you have completed a thing. And if you go to number eight, the number eight, is a, it means the uh, new beginnings. And so I'm just kind of like throwing my hands up to the Lord right now, saying, yes, Lord, let it be. That, again, I don't put all my confidence in a number, but I do put my confidence in what God says something means. And I'm just hanging in there, believing that, putting my faith on that, putting my trust on that, wherever you might be in a year of life today. Whatever has happened and whatever is going on in your life right now, take a look at it. Take a glance at it and consider how God is with you. Consider how His hand is on you. Consider how He wants to help you complete and help you move forward in the next thing that He has planned for you. Uh, It's amazing to look back and and then to be reassured of, of God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's generosity and God's heart and God's call and God's confidence and God's willingness and and all of who he is to say, I'm with you still. I'm with you still. I'm with you still. Even in your mistakes you've made, I'm with you still. Even in those days you chose the right thing and and acted the right way, I'm with you still. And so I want you to know that, church, that God is with us. God has his hand on us. It was... uh, about four years ago we woke up to a snow and we actually couldn't meet in our sanctuary this gym uh, because there was a leak in the roof and we had to make shift like instantly within two hours we met in our cafeteria. I don't know if anybody remembers that but we had to meet in our cafeteria and uh, and, and I'm just th- sitting here thinking about all these different things over the last several years that have happened in our world happened in our community and happened in this body of believers, that no matter how bad life hurts sometimes, no matter how bad life can throw curveballs and just yank the rug out from under you, yank the floor out from under you, God is still with us. And may we remember that. May we remember that. And as we begin to get ready to journey through this series, uh, this Sermon on the Mount, Um, One of the things the Lord has has laid on my heart to do at the end of this series, and I want to go ahead and tell you that today and be repeating some of this as we move ahead in this series because I just don't want you to forget. But He laid it on my heart to lead our church in a spiritual vow renewal at the end of this series. Uh, I I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, I kind of liken it to uh, vow renewals of married couples, usually at the 25 number, the 50 number, are all of those, and um, and so I, I just uh, impressed in my heart that the Lord wants us to uh, have a renewal in our heart and a renewal in our spirit and our soul with our first love with Him. That, that 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 I can just see all of us and those who would be here, those who would come, would just all of us are just recommitting ourselves to the Lord in a very fresh, real, uh, fervent. Way And so we're going to do that at the end of this series, all right? So we'll talk more about that. But I liken it to what Joshua said in Joshua chapter 3. Now, Joshua, uh, his leader was Moses, and their destination was the promised land. But Moses died and didn't get to cross over into the promised land. And Joshua was charged to pick up the reins to lead Israel forward into the promised land. They were about to cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land. And here's what he tells them in Joshua 3, 5. He said, consecrate yourselves, that is separate yourselves for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders for you. Now, to get to tomorrow, the Lord to do wonders for you, first have to apply, consecrate yourself, separate yourselves for a special, holy purpose. In other words, get your heart ready and prepared for what God wants to do tomorrow. And so with this series, I believe the Lord is wanting to prepare us to get our matters of our heart in a position to where tomorrow he's going to do some wonders for us i believe there there are, there are people's lives who are extremely fragile and broken right now, that going through this and preparing ourselves for this, God's going to bring healing. There are relationships that have breaches and gaps that are just that have just been shredded. And there are things in your life that are unstable and unsecure and you're, just un, un, you're not sure what's next. God says, get yourself ready because tomorrow I'm going to do wonders for you. And so we're going to take that to heart and walk that out, and as we go through this series, we're going we're gonna to approach this series in a way that we allow the Lord to get us set in a place to where He can fulfill and do what He says He's going to do, do wonders among us and in our life. With that, we're going to follow up this spiritual vow renewal a couple of weeks after that, in April, after Easter, we are going to uh, we're going to be pushing for water baptisms, and um, and 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 if you've never been here when we've done water baptisms, you look around. We don't have a baptistry tank, so what do we do? We have a hot tub. We're the church with the hot tub, and uh, and hopefully the heater still works. We're going to make sure it's good. But anyway, uh, we we set it up, and we're going to make it happen. And uh but anyway, what i'm saying with that is the Lord also laid it on my heart, in this thirty years of my new life in Christ is he he has led me to get rebaptized and i've I've asked my pastor from Memphis uh, to join us on that day. Uh, pastor Fred'll be here, and uh, i'm going to have him baptize me. I was baptized under a, a different pastor years ago, and but the Lord just is doing some. I'd like, again, in the spirit of renewal, uh, I don't have to get baptized again. You don't have to get rebaptized in your faith. But there are just some things that happen that the Spirit does, God does, Jesus does, that touches your heart in such a way that you just kind of want to go overboard. And I feel like that's something He wants me to do. Um, and so I'm going to get rebaptized um, in April. And, um, and I was telling a few folks about this on you know, our staff the other day, and I just have this vision. I just have this, I have this picture. I'm seeing people who planned who who sign up ahead of time or go, yeah, I want to get baptized, I want to get baptized, but also I see couples who are getting going to get into the water tank together as they have renewed their spiritual vows to the Lord, and together they're renewing their life and family in God, and they're both going to get baptized. I see a whole family getting into the water tank together and saying, dunk all of us, we just want to serve Jesus with everything we got. I just see that happening. I see people who come to church that day who weren't planning on getting baptized, but they see what God's doing, their hearts being touched by the Spirit of the Lord, that they're like, I didn't bring any change of clothes, but I don't care. I just want to get baptized. It was 22, 21 years ago, maybe, somewhere in that category, maybe 20 years ago, that... I was doing a water baptism at our old, old church in Memphis, and it was the typical baptism Sunday. People signed up. People brought their change of clothes. supposed to be about a dozen people get baptized. And we're baptizing that dozen people, and, and, it, and, and as we're in the middle of baptizing those folks, something significant happened. So many people got up out of their chairs, walked to the back of the uh back to where they could you could go get changed for baptistry and they came up and they said we want to get baptized. We didn't plan on it but can we get baptized? We ended up baptizing well over a hundred people that day. I was so worn out I went home and slept for the whole afternoon after baptizing all those folks and that baptistry water was filthy. It was filthy. But what a picture what a picture a beautiful picture how Christ renews us that we go in the water and we leave all of the filth of our of our life there and we get out clean and new and, and, and God just doing a fresh start and a renewal in our heart. Anyway, I have a vision for that. I'm not trying to build something up, over-promise and underproduce. I just believe in the power of what the Spirit is speaking to us at this moment, that God is drawing the hearts of, our, of people back to Himself. And so I want you, I'm asking you, church, I know we just did a 21-day prayer and fast, and I'm not asking you to fast for 40 days. All I'm asking you to do is just pray. Pray for the people of our church. Pray for the lost in your life. In your, in your family. Pray for the lost ones who are in your, in your workplace. Pray for the lost ones who live around the corner from you, next door to you, who you go to school with. Pray for them. Pray for the prodigals, the ones who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, but for some reason left the banquet table of, of what God can give and went and chased what they wanted. Pray for the prodigals to come back and taste again how good God really is. Pray invite and bring them over the next eight weeks to church. And it's going to be one of those days where it's just going to click. Everything's just going to snap. Things are going to shift, and it's all going to just kind of suddenly make sense to their spirit. I need Jesus. I want to serve Jesus. I want to be doing what God wants me to do with my life. And so I'm asking you to pray, invite, and bring those folks with you because I believe the Holy Spirit is literally about to do wonders among our church. And here's the thing about it. It's not man-made. It's not man-produced. I can't conjure up a good enough script to make any of this happen. I just simply want to preach what Jesus says to preach in His Word and let the Spirit of God move and let God bring people to Himself. And I believe He wants to do that in our church over the next several weeks. So I'm asking you to pray with me, believe with me, and this, climb. Climb with me as we climb with Jesus. Matthew 5, verse 1 and 2, and I'll end with this. Out of the message version today, it says, when Jesus saw, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds... He climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. And this is what he said. And he began his sermon on the mount. This series is about us making a decision to climb With Jesus. He climbed. The committed, it says, climbed with him. He is asking us, are you committed to me? Are you really, truly committed to me? If so, it's I want to see you climb to where I'm at. I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. I'm climbing. I'm asking you to climb with me. And that's what this series is about. It's about choosing to climb with Jesus, and then it's about preparing our hearts to be able to receive and to be ready with what God is wanting to do in our life. Because we go on to see when they climbed, they then were able to receive and to be able to see who they could be and why they were here on earth. For the first time in their world, in their life, They were being shown who they really were in God's eyes and what God created them for on this earth. And so that's what we're going to find out. That's what we're going to do. We're going to climb with Jesus during this series, during Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to be able to put ourselves in a position with Christ to be able to see, ah. This is who He says I can be. This is what He says I can do. This is who He has called me to be. This is the kind of life He wants me to engage and live by faith. Church, are you willing to climb with Jesus? Let's do it, church. Short sermon. Shortest one I've probably ever preached in my whole life. No, I take that back. My first sermon was five minutes, the ABCs of salvation. 30 years ago, Megan, it was five minutes, and I prepared for 500 hours. But we've got to just let go, and you know it, and let God. Let's climb with Jesus. Let me pray with you, and then Pastor Lindsey's going to come and tell us a few important things and close our service out. Oh, Father, we are so thankful and humbled by your love for us. And that, God, you didn't create any of us by accident. We're here on purpose. And if there's anybody watching today wondering, why on earth am I here? I pray today your spirit would speak to them right now and and reassure them you have a purpose for their life people are wondering, man, my my marriage is crumbling, my relationships are falling apart, I can't seem to do the right thing get through to us today, Holy Spirit, and reassure us, when we put it all into your hands, and we climb up to where Jesus is he'll put it all together and show us who we can be and what we can do with our life in you do it, Lord, do a special work, I pray put excitement in our spirit Put a desire in our heart. Put expectation in our soul. And Lord, let us live moving forward as we go through this series. You have called us to climb. And we want to climb and do and to be everything you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.